This is Dave LaGreca of Busted Open, and I know two extremely passionate fans about AEW, Paul Zartman and Tanner Lee. That's right, Paul and Tanner. I love what they bring to the table on the Kicking Out Podcast. That's right, the Kicking Out Podcast with Tanner Lee and Paul Zartman. Are you listening to me? If you want the latest on AEW and you're an AEW fan and you want to get the scoop, you listen to Paul and Tanner right now on all podcast forums. I'm talking, you go to the podcast store, you lay down your money, and you buy the Kicking Out podcast. You do it now. If you love AEW, you'll love Tanner and Paul. It is Wednesday night, January 12th, 2022. Another brand new episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. I'm Tanner Lee, alongside my co-host, Paul Zartman. Paul, how's it going tonight? Uh, it's going good. We just got a uh, solid show of Dynamite, and now we're here to recap it. Can't go wrong with that. Absolutely. Another fast-paced moving show a lot went down. Let's get right into it. Let's start, stop wasting time. Let's let's get right into the action. Yeah, uh, the show starts as it typically does with JR welcoming everybody to the show, saying it's Wednesday night. You know what that means. We went through a uh, quick rundown of what we would see throughout the night, and then we heard the music of Adam Cole. Adam Cole is joined um, by Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Red uh, Dragon. Cole asks who's ready for story time with Adam Cole, baby. Then says 2021 was a great year for him. O'Reilly and Fish says 2022 will be even better. Um, they go on for a little while talking about, you know, how they're reunited and things like that. Uh, the young bucks come out kind of confused. And I thought we were going to get the start of this feud. Oh, not yet. There's too many seeds to be planted. Let it draw out for a while. Yeah, yeah. So um, the Young Bucks and uh, Red Dragon are kind of going back and forth against each other. And uh, then they decide to do a little bit of a exhibition match, let's say. Um, of course, Red Dragon seemed more like it was a let's do this. And the Bucks were kind of like, oh, oh, yay. Friendly competition, as Adam, uh, Adam Cole called it. But then they're interrupted by the best friends who come out get in their face. Cole says, cut their stupid music off. Ask Orange Cassidy what he could possibly have to say. Cassidy attacks Cole and the eight begin to brawl. Cole and Cassidy are left in the ring. Cole low blows Cassidy. Statlander stops Cole from kicking Cassidy, but Brick Baker comes down, takes out Statlander, which allows Cole to drill Cassidy with a knee to the back of the head. I was intrigued by this. Loved it. Right when Statlander got in his face, I go, please let Britt Baker come out. Please let Britt come out. She came out. The crowd popped. I popped. Yep. WWE and, and probably a few other promotions, they wouldn't have done this. So they no. wouldn't acknowledge that 
they are actually dating in real life. They wouldn't right. acknowledge that we are smart fans, intelligent wrestling fans, and we know this. But AEW does, and I respect them for doing that. Loved it. Thought it was awesome. Yeah, it was perfect. It was executed perfectly, too. Because, I mean, she didn't just show up for no reason. And, um, you know, it, it fit the narrative. I yes. mean, Cole's not going to hit a woman. Britt will. Exactly, exactly. And and Statlander's up there in the rankings, so. Oh, Statlander's always up there in the rankings. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Um, we announced that uh, up next, uh, after the little segment there, that CM Punk will face Wardlow. Uh, Punk goes right for Wardlow, but the big man keeps shoving him aside before laying Punk out with a clothesline. Um uh, there wasn't a whole, there was back and forth, but there wasn't a whole lot of back and forth. This was more Wardlow just dominating. Punk. As it should be. As oh, should yeah. Be. Yeah. Uh, uh, Wardlow puts Punk through the timekeeper's table and Punk struggles to get to his feet. That was after what? Six power bombs already in the ring? Yes. Six power bombs. Yes. Um, so yeah, six power bombs, six, and then another one through the uh, timekeeper's table. Punk struggling to get to his feet is uh, Aubrey is counting him out. Um, MJF tells him to stop. Clear. Oh, this was I. I jumped backwards in my notes here. I can do this. <laughs> it's one of those nights. MJF gets on the apron and continues to direct traffic. Tells Wardlow to power bomb him again. Wardlow lift punks up lifts punk up but punk rolls him up for the one two three and the win my favorite part of this was after the match and uh that's when mjf is completely disgusted tells the production several times before they actually listen to cut punk's music mjf verbally chews out wardlow in the ring shoves him wardlow looks like he's on the brink of breaking he grabs mjf's hand spears comes down tries to mediate the situation wardlow exits the ring with spears and mjf following yeah there was a lot to like about this love how uh strong oh, yeah. wardlow look i mean he is a future star you know it's there's so many rumors going around how wwe is going to be interested in him when his contract's up but there's a nice article on pro wrestling insider that Wardlow says he wants to be an AEW or AEW -er for life or in AEW for life, I should say. Um, so Wardlow looked great. You know, Punk, that's what he's doing well. He's making these young guys look good. I love the dynamic that every week, you know, we see Wardlow come out for a squash math match with Spears, and Spears wants him to hit one powerbomb and done. But this week, MGF wants him to keep putting it on Punk because he doesn't want Punk to be able to go against him eventually. And that's right. what costs Wardlow the match. Yep. So, and we see Wardlow getting more and more frustrated with MJF every week. Tonight we got the plant, more planted seeds of, seeds of him snapping, but Spears comes. He's going to snap on Spears first before MJF. Oh, oh yeah, he's going to powerbomb Spears probably a good 10 times at least. And then, uh, and then he'll turn his attention to MJF. And I kind of hope it's not at the same time. I want him to take out Spears, which requires MJF to now accompany Wardlow again. And then MJF to call something in the match, cost Wardlow the match because of it, like tonight. And then he's, he's done and he just beats the crap out of him. You know, I, part of me thinks... Well, at Revolution, I think we'll get Punk against MJF. I still think that's too soon for the Warlow. I'm thinking it's in the summer. 
When we're gonna you think so? It. At the earliest in the summer, yeah. Um, they're just going to keep building it because that crowd's getting hotter and hotter for Wardlow every week. He's getting oh, more yeah. popular. He's going to be a huge face soon when they do this. And, you know, I love the repeated power bombs. It reminds me of Brock Lesnar's suplex city. Suplex after yep. suplex after suplex. Showing off, demonstrating his power. Um, I told, I texted you tonight, Wardlow's jumping up in the rankings in AEW for my favorite wrestler. I think he's right behind Cody Rhodes now. I mean, that's how much I enjoy watching Wardlow every week, and I'm wrapped up in this story. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's an intriguing story. And, you know, so many times you get those stories that you're just like, man, just get it over with already. Do this. And like tonight, the crowd popped when he grabbed his hand. And I was like, man, I hope it's not yet. Yeah, I was too. (laughs) I was like, nah, this is too soon, too soon. There's a lot more they could do with this. And I'm glad they're giving us more teases, planting more seeds, but not going there yet. Yes. Yes. Uh, one thing uh, I wanted to say, sorry to cut you off. I no, you're fine. Back when we were talking about the best friends. The best friends are still outnumbered by one. Oh, really? Well, when when you, when you, if you have Red Dragon and Cole, that's three. And then the Bucks, that's five. And then Cutler makes six. So the best friends, you have Yuta, Orange, um, Yuta, Orange. Trent, Trent, Chuck. Orange, that's you know, orange. Trent, Chuck. That's four. And then uh, the one guy Rocky, that's Rocky Romero. Yes, yeah, thank you. Five. I couldn't think of Rocky. But, yeah, so it's still well, six to five. I, I know. I know a free agent. I think that would fit the storyline pretty well. He's a little evil, though. I'm not thinking him. Oh, really? Okay. Hmm. I'm thinking the guy who's that uh, came out with the t-shirt today on Pro Wrestling Tees about betting on himself. I didn't see that. Initials JG. Okay. Johnny Gargano. Yeah. Mm. I think he'd fit him perfectly. Mm. But wasn't Gargano part of Undisputed Era? No. Okay. See, I didn't follow, honestly. He was with with Ciampa. They were partners. Okay. They were rivals. No. The the other member of the Undisputed Era is still in uh, WWE or NXT. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I was like, I thought there was like four or five in Undisputed Era. I, so. I don't, I don't, I forget the other one off the top of my head right now. I'm having a blank, but he's still with <laughs> WWE. Okay. Yep. All right. Up next is Powerhouse Hobbs with Tags, Taz and Ricky Starks versus Dante Martin. I figured this was going to be a squash match. I mean, I really enjoy Dante. I really enjoy everything he does. And I know he can go toe to toe with Powerhouse Hobbs, but I. So thought this was going to be a squash match. I, I ran some polls on our Twitter today, which if you yep. don't follow us on Twitter, please do so at Kicking Out Pod. And this was split down the middle, 50-50, Powerhouse Hobbs and Dante. I, I voted on Dante, so <laughs> I got it right. I, I wanted it to be Dante, but I just I figured it was time for a squash match for Hobbs I, I on say, TV. I, I will say the Team Taz guys, besides from Hook, uh, they do take a lot of L's, but uh, Dante, they're pushing him to the moon right now so it makes sense ricky stark doesn't take a whole lot of l's of course you have to wrestle wrestle to take l's he doesn't take w's either so you know Uh Uh (laughs) we start out martin goes flying at hobbs knocks him out of the ring right as the bell sounds martin goes up top comes flying down but hobbs catches him and nails him onto the outside floor with a spine buster uh through a good portion of the match hobbs was in control dante would start to get some offense and Hobbs would just come right back in on him. 
towards the end, Martin fights back with an elbow to the jaw of Hobbs, then a boot to the face. Hobbs catches him and looks for the torture rack. Martin again slides out, drills him with an insiguri, then a flying drop kick off the top rope. Goes for the cover, but Hobbs kicks out at two. Hobbs rolls out of the ring, and Martin follows him with a flying elbow from the top. Starks checks on Hobbs. Martin gets into the ring to recover. Hobbs gets on the apron. Martin takes him down with a sidekick. Both men roll to the apron. Starks is about to attack Martin, but Jay Lethal comes out of nowhere and takes Starks out. Hobbs gets distracted. Martin nails Hobbs with the nosedive and gets the three count for the win. Now, one thing I didn't mention on there was that corkscrew whatever it was that he did off that top rope onto Hobbs. That thing was impressive. Starks was impressed by it. The height Dante Martin gets is just unreal. Ooh. The guy, he's 20 Ooh. years old. He and Ray Phoenix, and the prayers got Ray Phoenix, by the way. Yes, yes. Um, um, Fractured. This, or no, no fracture. Dislocated. No fracture somehow. I don't know how he didn't. Oh, that. Yeah. But uh, those two are the best high flyers, I think, in AEW. I mean, AEW's got a good handful of them, but those two are so fun to watch. And, but uh, Jay Lethal, what the hell? Like, I don't know. Out of nowhere. And I, I was just thinking this week, I'm like, they've used him once on AEW since the signing. That was against Sammy Guevara. On TV. Title. I'm like, yeah, on TV. I'm like, they got to fit him in somewhere, or that was just dumb. So at least they're getting him put in somewhere, but it's very, very random. It is, but it's a good fit. I don't know. Like, uh, lethal kind of helping Martin to the back. It it looked right. And they can, and I don't want, I don't mean this to be uh, racist or or any, any race. No, 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 no. They can make a nice African-American group with with guys, uh, with Leo, with Dante, with uh, Jay lethal and with Darius when he comes back, which I think is going to be soon. Yep, I think it would be a very fitting group. Um, yeah, I mean, we don't have. A I'm nice not going to go to. Yeah, group. yeah, we've got a heel, two heel groups, and an in betweener group. In my opinion, well, and then of course Jurassic Express, which they're just a trio because uh, they don't have their fourth man as he's on the Voice. Mm-hmm. Go Marco, win the Voice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Get a multi-million dollar singing contract. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be nice tonight. I'm going to leave the comments up to you. I'm going to be nice. Oh, I, I threw them out there. I was <laughs> I was nice about it. We're supporting you, Marco. We You've got this. You may not be on Sammy's vlog anymore, but you're with us on KOP. <laughs> Unfortunately. But anyway, <laughs> hey, I was supposed to be the comment guy uh, well, tonight. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't help myself. Um, but you know, yeah, we do. We need a true babyface group, and I think that would be a good group of guys to do it with. So I I agree with you on that one, and I I I do I do think it's a good fit. Uh, next up, we go backstage. We see Jericho, Hager, Santana, and Ortiz of the Inner Circle alongside Alex Marvez, who asks Jericho how he feels about being named PW Insiders. 2021 faction of the year. Jericho says he's not surprised because since day one, they promised to take over this company and this country and to be the baddest band of blood brothers in professional wrestling. Jericho says their brother, Sammy Guevara is going to take out Daniel Garcia tonight and retain 
his interim TNT championship. Eddie Kingston comes in and he has a piece about Garcia because of what he did to him. And these two kind of exchanged some words. And I like how Kingston just walked in the camera, looked at it and like, hi, <laughs> Eddie's great. Uh, yeah. I absolutely love Eddie. He, I wasn't sure about him at first. I mean, you were all not all about him, but you're like, Oh, this guy's great. You know? Uh-huh. And, and he has truly grown on me. I, I gotta admit. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, his baby face turn did not go how anybody wanted to at the, the farce explosion of the barbed wire death match, but his character's, his character's been great ever since. Yes. He recovered from it very well. Mm-hmm. Um, out comes MJF next. Who uh... I, I, I want to go back to that segment real quick. Uh, oh, okay. Um, I do like how he was saying because he said in a in an interview the other day the reason why proud and powerful Santana Ortiz aren't tag team champions because Chris Jericho. So right. I like how they're putting that in the storyline. Brought it into the storyline. Uh, this is it's hard be... to hard to disagree. I think those guys should have been tag champs already. Exactly, but the selected group was lay sex gods. And they and didn't I, win gold either. And I think the inner circle should have been disbanded as a group back at double or nothing. But I think it's just... gonna I think it's just gonna kinda happen casually. Like I think they're gonna stay a group, but we'll see storylines that involve just certain members, like right now with Sammy. It, and... and we've already seen that kind of except Proud Powerful were going against FTR, really, and, and Hager was going against Wardlow. But we've seen yeah. Sammy win the TNT title and venture out on his own and, and Jericho's been done a few different things. So, yep. I, I think it's time to, uh, crown proud and powerful. The next tag champions, not, not right now. Let Jurassic express hold them for a while, but I definitely think they should be next up. I, I got a team. I think that'll be next up, but I'll get my thoughts on that in a little bit. Oh yeah. So do I, <laughs> uh, up next MJF comes back. Barreling out saying, I hate to interrupt the show, even though he's the only star on it. MJF tells the crowd to keep their hillbilly mouth shut. MJF says he knows Punk's watching backstage, says everyone knows that he got a fluke win over Wardlow tonight. MJF says next week, Punk will get the match he and everybody else wants. Punk versus Spears. I knew that was coming. So did I. He played off perfectly. And and one thing I want to mention about the Punk Wardlow match I forgot to earlier, and I can't believe I forgot to. That roll-up was awful. Oh, God, it was. I mean, I know then he tucked his legs real good to make it look better, but it was so slow, wasn't smooth. It was just ugly. I think Punk forgot how big Wardlow was. Yeah, I think you're right. It just was not. And the bad camera angle, too, was just not executed good at all. It took, took the finish away a little bit. Yeah, there were a couple spots that uh, I could have done with a different camera angle, but hey, we we, we don't work there, so you know. Nope. <laughs> um, although I gotta say, I'm pretty sure the coat that just laid up on the ramp was Jay Lethal's coat. Okay, I didn't know that. It it wasn't there when Dante came down. Then it was there after the match. And then it was there when MJF came out. It must have been his. So and maybe it was Dante's and I missed it, but it, it definitely sat there for a while without anybody touching it, yeah. which was weird. Safety hazard. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, Jay lethal could have ran out, tripped on that and then had us a Titus O'Neill moment. <laughs> <laughs> 
up next, we see that Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Matt, and Nick Jackson are backstage. Cole says they've whooped the best friend's asses over and over that it's silly to even talk about it. Cole says that includes Chris Statlander, who thought she could get one over on them, but not anymore. Baker walks around the corner, says that she and Adam Cole would like to challenge her and Orange Cassidy to a mixed tag match next week on Dynamite. Is this the first mixed tag match in AW history? No. It's not. Cody, Shaq, Red ah, Velvet, yes. Jade. Yes, thank you. Thank this is you. number two, I do believe. Okay. I might be wrong. It might be number three, but it's at least, it's not the I, first. Yep, I forgot about that one. Uh, this will be good. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. And, you know, like at the end of the segment, everybody yelling at Cutler. They're calling him Landon, Brandon, Brandon Butler. Butler. Yeah. Shut up, Brandon. Kyle <laughs> O'Reilly cracks me up. I don't know if it's oh, cadence yeah. or what, but I think he's like, good eye contact. Yeah, uh, he just oh, he's he's good. He he's good. I got to admit, he is good. Um, but yeah, that it was a fun little segment. Yeah, and in my opinion, I I always go back to long term storytelling because AEW does this so well. There was that kind of offbeat, weird, romantic thing between Statlander and Orange Cassidy right. on BTE, right? And Brandon shot all that, so now it's kind of like it's bringing it over to Dynamite, and I kind of dig this. Yeah, good point. So, yeah, I like how they still incorporate a little BT. Usually, just when the Elite or or Red Dragon or, or whoever may be in that group's in segments, right. but I love the always yelling at Cutler to shut it off, um, things like that. That that ties yep. it in. It's really really good. Oh yeah. Up next, we get the AEW World Champion, Adam Hangman Page, making his way down to the ring. He talks about defeating Brian Danielson uh, before he's interrupted by Dan Lambert. I love uh, Hangman's <laughs> response. Because at first, I couldn't tell who was talking. Hangman's right. like, oh, God. And I'm like, oh, Lambert. Yeah, once you hear, oh, God, you knew who it was. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um. He says, Paige isn't a real champion like Dory or Terry Funk because he's not a real cowboy. Calls him an East Coast bourbon cowboy. He says he's a good wrestler, but not a cowboy, so to drop it. Paige says he's looking for a new challenger. If uh, Scorp or Paige want a shot at the title, they can come tell him themselves, but he doesn't want to hear it from the walking Facebook profile, Dan Lambert who says he's actually out there to compliment Paige, goes on about, um, you know, you're a great wrestler, but drop this gimmick. He says that he's been portraying any one of the village people that can put on gear and pretend they're a cowboy, but that doesn't make them one. Lambert says he can do whatever he wants, but pleads with Paige to stop disrespecting the likes of Dick Murdoch and Blackjack Mulligan. And he's sick of guys from North Carolina and Virginia trying to steal their clout. And it just comes across of being completely full of cowboy shit. Yeah, Lambert Lambert <laughs> loves throwing it back to his old school wrestlers. Yes, yes. Um, Paige says he's still looking for a challenge. So Lambert should get into the ring and let him put his size 12 boots up his ass and show him how full of cowboy shit he truly is. I loved that segment right there. Yeah, they they definitely gave Hangman the green light for all the curse. Ooh. 
Um, and Excalibur. And Excalibur. But, <laughs> yeah, good point. But um, yeah, I I've been I was wondering. I'm like, all right, where are we going next with Hangman? Because we don't want to run it back with Danielson again. And then we got right. our answer. Because uh, after that, Lance Archer's music hits. Lance Archer chases Lambert into the ring with a steel chair. Archer chokes Lambert, but tosses him aside and takes out Paige as Lambert scurries off. Archer unloads into Paige with uh, the chair, then lifts Paige to the top rope, absolutely blasts Paige with the blackout onto the chair. I knew he was going after Paige when Paige yep. didn't slide out of the ring once he got into the ring. I knew right when he came out. Oh, chair, well, like, yeah, like, but like, this is too obvious. He's not going after Lambert. I'm like, he's got to turn heel, which yeah, great, great to see Lance back, by the way. Great to see him healthy. We haven't seen him since that bad looking concussion he took against Eddie Kingston and the uh, road up to full gear for mm-hmm. the uh, title eliminator tournament. Um, but man, he is turning into the Paul White of AEW as face heel, face heel, face heel. Mm-hmm. He's turned more in the short history of AEW than anybody else. He's turned more than they turn the lights on and off in the stadium. Pretty much. But, but I think, I he, think he it's because they're some better. Just yeah, it, it does. It fits him better, especially with the, you know, everybody dies gimmick and his yet, look. Yep, Paul, they, they put him in good stories, but he never gets wins. He's not going to be hangman for the title. No, no. He did have his moment against Moxley for the, IWGP US title, but uh, which he dropped a week later. Yeah, the Tanahashi. Yeah, Yeah, I I don't know. They need to do something with this guy. He is too talented. I mean, the dude's like seven foot whatever and can walk the ropes like it's nothing and can dive off of the top rope and hit a move. That scares me watching him do that because if I were to if I were to walk on the top rope, I'd fall to the floor, but I wouldn't even fall to the ring. I'd fall to the floor, but you know. Yeah, he's very fun to watch. I know you and I have been a fan of his for a while. Absolutely. I don't, I don't know his, the details of his contract, but he's one I've been worried about that could go to WWE because he's not being used to his full potential, even though he's had a short run there before. Um, they like those big guys. Hmm. Yeah, especially now that, you know, we've got all sorts of weird things happening over there that we're not going to get into tonight. Uh, <laughs> we head backstage where we see Arn Anderson and his son Brock alongside Lee Moriarty. Lee Arn Johnson. says, yeah, wow. Lee Johnson. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. It's okay. Just read my notes. That's all right. Arn says this is horseman country, and then Tully Blanchard comes in and says, if he wants that feeling again, he needs to ditch the dead weight. FTR, who joined Tully, suggests that they face Brock and Lee next week, to which they agree. Commentary then announces Hakura Shida versus Serena Deeb is up next after the break. That'll be a fun little match next week. I love yep, I love when we get some horseman interaction. I mean, just give me Tully and Arn face-to-face every week. I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was talking about this uh, today. Arn hasn't aged. He's just gotten gray in the beard. Same with Tully. His hair just went white. That's it. These two look like they could get in the ring right now and Mm -hmm. be able to do it, which we've seen that Tully can, and Arn's taking a few bumps here and there. Hey, man, if Ricky Morton can go in GCW, uh, why why can't these guys go a little bit? Oh, they can, and I'm sure they will at some point. Yeah. Um, 
We come back from commercial break. Sheeta makes her entrance, but is taken out by Deeb. Like I said, I love a good run-in, as long as it's not overused. And this was just one of those perfect ones. I enjoyed this a lot. Deeb continues attacking uh, Sheeta, and uh, they hit her with a steel chair. And then the steps. Sheeta finally gets in the ring. Serena uses the ropes to lock up Sheeta's already damaged knee. Deeb rips off Sheeta's knee pad, slams it into the mat, then locks up a submission, and the referee waves off the match. No, good this, stuff. Ooh, we don't we don't see this happen very often where the ref calls it. No, we don't. But, I like I like oh, this. Man. I like Serena Deeb's character ever since she's turned heel. I like she's as violent and vicious. Um, keeps the story going. I mean, it seems like Serena Deeb's pretty much letting Sheeta know, I'm never going to be done with you. I'm just going to yeah. keep coming after you and after you and after you. So it's, It doesn't uh, matter if we have 50 matches until I've beaten you 50 times. This ain't over. It's one of the better women feuds we've seen in AEW by far. Absolutely. I am totally behind this feud. After the match, Sheeta yells at the ref for stopping the match. AEW officials come and check on her. Deeb comes right back with a kendo stick and continues the attack until the officials are able to separate her from Sheeta. And then we head back to a commercial break. I will say, though, this is an instance where they need two women's matches on Dynamite because we didn't really get much of a match. And the women's division is getting so it's getting it's growing. It's getting bigger. And it's, it's a lot better than it was. I think they got enough quality women wrestlers and they can fit into women's matches in dynamite. Maybe one's a squash match, but I think, I think, I think it's, I think we're getting there. Yeah. I mean, you got to remember the man who's in charge of the women's division, um, is suffering from vertigo. (laughs) Oh, I know. And he's, he's, he's having multiple surgeries, but I still think he's there almost every week or if not, you know, and, and Dustin Rhodes even made a comment this week. The goal of the women's division is to get it to where they can have two women's matches on a dynamite or a rampage. So, it's, and I uh, think we'll see it. Yeah. I mean, we're slowly getting there, but I, w- I would like to see it turn up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're moving their time slot around a little bit. I think that's what they're doing is kind of testing the waters to see how they do in different spots. And then so they can figure out where to put a second match for them. Right. Uh, back from commercial break, Matt Hardy is in the ring, says while he's sorry that Ray Phoenix got injured tonight, they're in his hometown, and he's in front of his beautiful family, and he's going to delete Penta and send him to the hospital to be with his brother. Uh, Penta El Zero Miedo comes down, crowd chanting Zero Miedo the whole way down. They get in the ring, and it starts off with a delete versus Zero Miedo chant uh penta takes off his glove stops the delete signal and hardy takes down penta with a clothesline hardy walks directly into a super kick however penta sends matt to the outside with a kick and tries to follow him with a dive through the ropes hardy stops him with a right hook and then tosses penta into the barricade hardy drops an elbow from the middle rope goes for a cover but penta kicks out at two Hardy continues the attack with an elbow, then a leg drop, sends Penta shoulder first into the turnbuckle. They both roll onto the ring apron. Hardy hits a side effect, goes for the cover, but Penta lifts the shoulders at two and a half. Hardy goes up top, looks for a moonsault, but Penta slides out and drills Hardy with the fear factor and gets the one, two, three for the win. Yeah, fun match. A lot better match than I was expecting. Yep. 
After the match, Penta and Alex Abrahantes call for Malachi Black. The lights go out, and Malachi appears. Malachi takes out Alex, then hits Penta with a super kick, tries to rip off his mask, but varsity blondes come down and make the save, but Julia Hart tells them to stop. And I thought she was going to turn right then and there. She had the black shirt on. She's still got the eye patch. She's in mm-hmm. jeans. I'm like, here it comes. Yep. The lights go out. And when they came back on, I was expecting her to be standing beside him, along with the one who was there, Brody King. Brody lays everyone out, and then him and Malachi pose. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I still think there's one more member. Um, I don't know who that's going to be. I think it's Julia Hart. I don't know why. Yeah. I just, there's something about the way she's acted the last few weeks that just makes me really feel like she's involved somehow. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. Um, Maybe it slowly takes over. They remove that eye patch and it's all blacked out right through there. And that's when it happens. I don't know. But it's great to see Brody finally all elite and then make his debut. It's going to be fun watching those two in the tag division. Um, how about the kicks back and forth between Penta and Malachi? My God. Ooh, yeah. In. I want to see these two one-on-one. And Malachi Al- Penta. Alex took a shot too. I know. I was so excited for that. Maybe it's because I also manage. I don't know. Yeah, you do. Uh, did you listen to the latest episode of Unrestricted that had Alex Abrahantes on it? I have not. It's been a crazy week, and I have not gotten a chance to do that, but I'm looking forward to it. Really good one. I won't spoil it all for you, but one thing I I learned, I think about everybody learned, was Alex trained to become a wrestler. Where he trained was in the Heart Dungeon. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I did not know that. I think he could hold his own if he needed Hmm. to. Yes, we uh, after uh, Malachi and Brody make their way to the back, we also go backstage where Chris Statlander is with Tony Schiavone. Layla Hurst interrupts and calls Statlander selfish. Red Velvet comes in and tells Statlander and Hurst to get it together for their upcoming match Friday night. I didn't care for this. Um, no. Tony's the one that asked her the question. Right. So she's answering the question he asked, and then Layla calls her selfish. I know they're going off the feud they've been building from Rampage, you know, the former yeah. partners, but I don't know. I just. I, I I'm, not, I'm not digging that feud. I'm not either. That is a women's feud I cannot get behind. I'm no. digging the Statlander Baker feud more, right. and that just started tonight. Right. <laughs> well, it's been going on for a while, but it truly started tonight. Yep. Uh,. Up next, the acclaimed versus Bear Country. Bear Country was already in the I, ring. I love Max Caster's raps. I look forward to oh, it every man. week. Yes, they just get better and better each and every week. <laughs> and I never know what to expect, so it's like I I have to tell everybody shh, so I can hear what he's going to say. I think eventually that's a group that the crowd's going to get behind enough to where they're going to have to turn them face. We already are starting to kind of see that though, so. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk more about that uh, after we cover the match. Bear Country uses their power to take the advantage early. They lift both Bowens and Caster and dump them on each other. Uh, Bear Country work quickly, work, work in quick tags and double team moves, but Bowen reverses momentum, drills Bolter with a drop kick. Caster then comes flying off the top rope to take Bolter out again. Uh, as we get to the end of the match, Bowens is able to sneak in a rope to the throat on Bolter. Caster hits the mic drop, gets the three count for the win. 
Yep. This it's was kind of uh, nice to see them finally get a W. I know. I was so excited. Even they're I, number one. Yeah, I kind of popped a little bit to see them. Now, I mean, they're three and zero for twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah. But it's not on TV. I guess when I, when I when I say a lot, great to see them get a, a win, yeah, they're getting a lot of like on dark or elevation or maybe Rambo Jones in a while, but they both lose one on one matches all the time. That's, exactly. That's maybe where I was going. Yep. After the match, they're starting to make their way up. Uh, Max Caster kind of does the little acclaimed handshake scissoring motion thing with a couple of different fans, which is why I said that uh, the fans are already starting to get behind these guys. Whether they're heel or face, I don't think it's going to matter. The fans are going to support them. Yep. Um, But after that, Sting comes out and both Bowens and Caster back off. But Darby, <laughs> Darby appears on the other side. Darby launches himself through the ropes with a skateboard, takes out Caster. Meanwhile, Sting nails Bowen with a baseball bat and the boombox multiple times with a baseball bat. And then a scorpion death drop as he and Darby celebrate. Darby's... Uh dives and running around and crashing into people just amazes me every week. He's so fast. But Caster gave it away. He turned about two seconds too early for the dive through the ropes with the skateboard. He like yeah. turned, totally had time to catch him or, you know, get out of the way because he just let him hit it. He, the timing just was off there a little bit. But love the comment that JR and Shivani, I don't know which one made that everybody's gunning for the tag team titles. I think Steen and Darby are going to be the next tag team champions eventually to beat Jurassic Express. Okay. I, I'm okay with that. As yeah. long as we see uh, the House of Black at some point get some gold, I'm good yeah. with that. I think, uh, I don't know, I just think, I feel like, you know, they keep getting wins as a tag team. Never lost as a tag team, I don't believe. Mm, I think they won one or lost one of the uh, cinematic matches. I might be wrong. But I only I remember they had, against Team Taz. I, I thought they did one other match. Not completely cinematic, but I thought they, they beat, did something they else. They beat Scorpio and Ethan Page at Double or Nothing. The other cinematic was that Revolution. Okay. So I don't think so. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I just feel like they're really pushing them lately, like as a tag team, instead yeah. of just Sting being his manager. His, right. His, yeah. Uh, next, we get a video package featuring Pac, who says he has a different perspective, and his vision may be lost, but it's clearer now than it's ever been, as we see a card revealed that just says justice. This was kind of the night of returns. We mm-hmm. get Jay Lethal back, hadn't seen him in a while. Lance Archer back, hadn't seen him in a while. Pac, hadn't seen him in a while. Brody Keane debuts. It's kind of the night of returns. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm interested to see, because... I might have missed it, but I don't think Pac ever addressed Malachi by name. They didn't. I think he just said you. Yep. So I'm interested to see, and I'm sure Pac stuck over in his home country, unable to travel, but it's working. I'm really enjoying this build that they have where we get just these quick little, it doesn't have to be long. I mean, tonight's was what, like a minute, maybe less. And Penta's going to need him back for tag teams. Yep. So it's it's working, and mm-hmm. I'm digging it. Yeah, and uh, I, think, I think they probably did that tonight because, you know, Phoenix was supposed to be part of this. I'm still not sure if Brody was supposed to debut last week or not. I don't think so. 
Um, I don't think so. I mean, why it went on last last week is Jurassic Express was supposed to win the title. Right. I still think we were supposed to just get the tease leading up to this week of Brody King. But, um, you know, it's probably supposed to be Ray Phoenix tonight in Penta. So instead, they get Penta and we get the promo from Pac to get Pac back in everybody's mind. So when he comes back, it makes more sense. He can go right into that storyline because Malachi's already blinded him. So mm-hmm. he wants revenge. Yep. Justice. Just yes. justice is blind. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we see Matt, Matt Hardy backstage, and he says he's frustrated. Matt says something has to change. And I thought this was going to be a, a way to work Jeff Hardy in until... Give it, give it a few months. Oh, yeah. And then Andrade shows up, and tells Matt he needs to focus, and hands him a water. Andrade wants to make a deal with Matt. And both he and Matt head to Matt's office. Matt tells Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn to stay back. Commentary then says, our main event will happen right after the break. Yeah, I'm fine with get private party away from Matt, a Hardy family office. Maybe I mean, that's a team that, man. Do away with the family the Hardy family office. When um, Yeah, when AW started. And I just feel like they've gone downhill since. And um, Absolutely agree with you. You know, put Jeff with Matt when he eventually comes into the company and Andrade, I don't know. He feels like a great talent. That's kind of just mixed in wherever they can throw him in. I, I don't, I really don't know what to think about him right now. Yeah. So uh, our main event is for the interim TNT championship. Why? I don't know. Change the match, do the FTW match instead. And, just move on. He was out for two weeks. Literally, there was Saturday and tonight. Cody's back next week. So you're talking on Clash of the Champions, just do the yeah. FTW match. I think they panicked because they've already they already built it. You, you know, uh, so they threw the FTW in there all also just to make up for kind of a lack of a show. So they had three belt uh, three matches. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I think they panicked, and so I guess we're gonna get Cody and Sammy again. Um, Probably unified, pretty soon. Pretty unified TNT champion. But I, I like the Sammy Dustin match. I love the Canadian Destroyer through the table. It's an awesome spot, especially when you take in consideration Dustin's over 50 years old. Yeah. Um, but I knew Dustin wasn't going to win it. I knew Sammy was no. going to win it. And just the whole interim TNT title is weird. Yeah. But it's you're, what it is. you're the champion. Until Cody comes back, exactly. and then you got to give the belt right back. Exactly. Which they showed on the graphic, Cody Rhodes is returned next week. But somebody needed to tell JR because JR messed up in the main event saying, we, we don't know when Cody's returning. Yeah, we do. We just saw the graphic next week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll leave JR alone. I know. I know. He, I mean, he's got a black eye. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. It makes it hard to see when you've only got one eye. Good point. <laughs> Ask Pac and Julia Hart. Yeah, well, Pac's got no eyes. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's even harder. Um, both men brawl the second the bell rings, both men being Sammy and uh, Daniel Garcia. Garcia nails Sammy with a drop kick to the back, but Sammy returns fire. They exchange chops before Sammy tosses Garcia to the outside, follows him with a dive through the ropes. I do have to um, mention both Eddie Kingston and and Chris Jericho are ringside and they're on opposite sides of the ring. They're not complete opposites, but like one was on one side left and then right. And they kept their distance, but they were both down there for this match. 
Uh, we get back into the ring. Garcia hits a backbreaker. Sammy rolls to the outside. Garcia grabs Sammy, drills him on the apron with a DDT, goes for the cover, but Sammy lifts the shoulder at two. Towards the end of the match, Sammy looks for a springboard cutter, but Garcia catches him, locks in a sleeper, transition into a pile driver, goes for the cover, but Sammy stays alive and kicks out at two. On the outside, 2.0 comes out, jumps Kingston, and then makes their way to Jericho. Uh, back in the ring, Sammy takes control, knocks 2.0 out on the outside, hits the GTH for the 1, 2, 3, and the win. The GTH looked very sloppy. He kind of stuck his knee. He just stopped it. At first, I thought he might hurt himself. Um, but yeah. he did, did look like he did something to his mouth because he kept checking his mouth. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then, then go go ahead and comment on what happened after the match. After the match, 2.0 tried to attack Guevara, but Jericho Kingston make the save, but end up arguing face-to-face as the show comes to a close. Well, Eddie didn't even get to do anything. Jericho hit them both with bats the whole time, and then they yeah. got in each other's face. Got to be honest, I wasn't filmed the ending. I just, I didn't, I didn't. I was like, really? That's how we're ending the show? That Something happened at some point. I mean, all of a sudden... Sammy seemed out of it. They kept mentioning that, you know, oh, he just had a really big battle with uh, Dustin Rhodes Saturday night. So even they noticed something was off because they they mentioned that match prior to this match starting. And then in the very beginning, and then all of a sudden towards the end, it was like, we got to just keep talking about the fact that he just had this battle against Dustin. He went through a lot on Saturday, keep it in people's minds. So I think something happened and an audible was called. I mean, I think Sammy was still supposed to win with the GTH, but I think something happened. Well, I was, I was actually more talking about the Eddie Kingston and Jericho exchange. Like, well, that too, not doing anything for me. And I, I know it sounds bad because he just took a, took a hiatus. He just came back, but I can't get into Jericho's feuds lately. I just, I think he's gone stale on me. I just don't really care. No, I, I, I'm right there with you. I agree. I agree. And I hate saying that because I want him to stay around the company, whether it's in an announcer. Or, I mean, I mean, he could he could wrestle at all the pay-per-views and maybe six to eight times a year total. He doesn't need to wrestle or be on TV every week. I just, I don't know. It just, it's kind of stale. That and I don't, there's really no reason for a feud between Kingston and Jericho now around 2.0. That's what this is around. Now, if Kingston wants to drive home the fact that Jericho's height or um, holding back Pride and Powerful, holding back Sammy Guevara, then maybe it becomes more of a thing where. Eddie's trying to break up the family. So it's more like Eddie versus the inner circle versus mm-hmm. instead of just Eddie versus Jericho. Right. Right. Mom and dad are fighting. <laughs> well, and, and, and I'll tell you, they keep throwing in Garcia and 2.0, 2.0, especially in these big time feuds. That's why I picked them. Hopefully if AEW does the trios titles this year, that's why I picked them to have it towards the end of the year because they think a lot of them because they keep putting them in these big time feuds with Steen and Darby, with with Jericho, with with I mean Kingston, with yeah. you know mm-hmm. bright and powerful. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, overall thoughts on tonight's show, Tanner? I thought it started off really. I, it was about the one of the worst crowds I've ever seen in Dynamite, at least from a volume standpoint. Maybe it was loud there in person, but they pop for Brody King, they pop for uh, Britt Baker coming down at the opening, but. As the show went on, it seemed to get quieter. And really, I thought about the first half was 
there's though excluding the crowd i thought the first half was just a fire episode i'm like man yeah it's so many we're getting so many um seeds planted we're getting so many good stories uh, advanced good matches and then i feel like the second half just kind of tampered off so i went from i was ready to give about eight and a half i'm gonna take it down to about seven i am right there with you um you know the, what crowd i mean yeah. seriously there it was louder in the the dome thingy <laughs> than it was there tonight and I, I, I just, I, th- the crowd ruined it for me tonight. Yeah, it is. I don't know. And then there were, you know, some really weird camera angles that just were there for like a second or two that didn't make any sense. Or, you know, the cameraman was in the wrong spot at the wrong time type of situation. But yeah, I mean, solid seven. The first half of the show, I'll give it a nine. Second half's what's brought it down for yep. me. Yep. So. And just, I don't like when, and the main event match was fine. I, I would have, I thought they were going to main event with Punk Warlow. They should have. Yeah. Um, but they started, but that's what made the first half so good. They started off hot with the, the Red Dragon and the Elite and the Best Friends. And then we got right into the Warlow Punk match. I'm like, man, we are rolling. And then the second half just kind of, eh. After Hankman, it kind of just started dropping mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, too much, too quick of a squash match for yeah. Serena and Sheeta. The backstage segment with Statlander. And is it just me or Hangman? I mean, I know he's had the two like marathon matches with Danielson. Besides that, since he's been champion, he hasn't got a ton of TV time. No, and I I don't know what it is. You know, as as a tag. Well, even before being a tag champion, he'd come out there and he'd he'd get on the mic and he'd you know AEW, let's do this da da da. And now he's out there and he, hey, I'm your I'm your champion and we're here to do this and and let's do this and uh, I, I earned this, I didn't deserve it. And it's like, what are they doing with him? Are they trying to make him heal? I I don't I don't know. Well, it's, soon it's weird. I still think soon we're going to get the build with him and Cole at Revolution. That's my guess is the next big title feud because Archer will be on a dynamite between now and then. That's yeah. what he does. That's what they do with Archer. Mm-hmm. Or Rampage. And he needs some wins. Yeah, that's one he thing does. that bothers me. He just comes back in. You're going to throw him in a title shot like that. Like He needs to get some wins to get up there. Oh, you get a future title shot for winning this match. Your future title shot is next week. I don't get it. Anyway, uh, so your wrestler of the night, sir. This might be a first, at least for me, in KOP history. I'm taking a guy who lost tonight, and that's Wardlow. Man, now i got to find somebody else. <sighs> I was hoping oh, yeah. you'd go for a winner. Looked like a superstar. I mean, he looked like a star tonight. I just, uh, you know, he, he worked over Punk like, like he should have, and he knew he probably wasn't going to win the match, but um, this loss didn't hurt him by one bit. It only elevated elevate him, actually. Yeah, because and this kind of elevates Punk even too, and you know makes MJF look worse because yeah, Punk's ten and zero now. Yep, and MJF still is zero and one for the year, and, and Punk still, still has more wins. From, he's still running away from Punk. I think Punk overall in his AEW career officially has more wins than MJF at this point. Uh, MJF Russell singles career, here. singles career. No. We won't count tag or, you know, anything like that. We'll just go singles. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I don't know. I was so set to go with Wardlow because I never expected you to go with Wardlow. I know. I know oh. 
shouldn't have gave me first pick tonight. I shouldn't have, but I wanted to, you know, throw out Wardlow. But um, you can agree with me, Paul. That's okay. Yeah, I, I've got to. I've got to agree <laughs> with you. He looks strong. This was the longest match we've seen him in in a while. He could have went with Dante Martin. I could have, but I just went with Dante uh, yeah. last week or the week before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go Wardlow with you this week because he just looks super strong. This feud is still growing with him and MJF. He is a crowd favorite, even though the crowd doesn't realize he's a crowd favorite. They're starting to. <laughs> they're starting to. Uh, they're just not on the Wardlow train yet like you and I. So. Oh, and it's so awesome. Like his power bombs, he doesn't just pick the guy up. How he does the roll through too to do the yep. power bomb. Like that's that's just so smooth looking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got the look, you know. Yeah, he doesn't have the mic skills because he never talks, but doesn't need to. But he's done interviews. Yeah. The man can talk. Yeah. He's uh he just it's not his character. Yeah. He's he's, he's prime for a big time year. It's gonna be fun. Oh yeah. 2022 is the year of Wardlow. Yep. Even if he doesn't win gold. Right, right. I mean, well, which well, I, I predicted him to at the end of 2022, but it really might be 2023. This might be the year setting him up for big time next year. But we still got to figure out. Uh, MJF made reference to some TNT You're title right. tournament. You're right. You're right. And had to win the well, gold and then do, give it to MJF. Made reference to the ladder match they do at Revolution for the TNT title. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or the shot at the TNT title. Yeah. No. So, I, I don't know. We'll see. No. I will, I hope he ends up in the um, Owen Hart tournament. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope he wins it. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who's in that for the men's and women's divisions. Whenever it gets here. Yeah, they're going to start it, I think, right after Revolution. And it's going to go up until, until double, or double or nothing. Yeah. 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 All right. So, uh, final thoughts on the show for tonight. I mean, another fun show. Um, but like I said, it kind of left me with, eh. Um, I'm not, I mean, I'll watch Rampage Friday, but nothing I'm really looking forward to on Rampage Friday. Um, I'm okay anytime Statlander's in the ring. I love watching her in the ring. She's so talented. You know, it won't wouldn't shock me if eventually they move Rampage to Saturday nights instead of Friday nights because the Saturday night shows are getting a better rating than the Friday night. Oh yeah, did you see how high that Pretty rating easy. was? So, um, that wouldn't shock me. But I don't know. I, I don't. I think Battle for the Belts was a test. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, and they're going to do that once every quarter, which is great. I don't know if it's going to be Ballad Belts every time or if it's going to be a different name. But, uh, hey, we're, we're going to get a special Dynamite here in a couple weeks, Beach Break in Cleveland. So In January. Cleveland in January. Which that could be something to watch, a big angle with Wardlow because he's from Cleveland area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know another couple guys from the Cleveland area, but uh, if anything, they'll end up on Dark. Yeah, and you know I'm still waiting for Mox to come back. GCW is still advertising for Hammerstein at the end of the month. He's from Cincinnati. Yeah, which is you know just on the other side of the state of Cleveland. I suppose they could fit him in somehow to that. I don't know with Kingston and that storyline with Jericho and Two Point. But I don't know. Now that I think about it, that's a lot of people. I don't know. I just can't. If he's going to well, wrestle at GCW Hammerstein, which I hope he does because that card's going to be stacked. Ruby Soho got announced for it last night. Um, 
I just can't see Tony Khan wanting his first appearance back to be on GCW, even though it's pay-per-view and not on AEW television. But I could be wrong. Right. And maybe it's just a test. Maybe Mox says, you know, I just want to see. Yeah. Maybe he's going there to drop the belt. Who knows? Yeah. We don't know what happens backstage. Yeah, I think I'm going to be um, ordering that pay-per-view uh, later this month. Yes. Uh, but, um, I mean, it could... Moxley fitting in with Kingston Jericho could because you got 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. Right. So you've got a tag team and then a random third wheel that's just kind of there. You got Kingston and Mox as your tag team with Jericho who's just kind of there. Well, it kind of makes them proud and powerful already too, though. Well, yeah, but that's just the Kingston-Jericho feud. Yeah. that that's just a weird storyline. Yeah. We're just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> well, I like that they're doing that because he said something outside of storylines that they're making it into a storyline. Yep. Yep. I'm interested to see where it goes. Yep. Uh final thoughts for tonight. I kind of spelled them all out. Um yeah, it was, it was I, really. too. one yeah. one debut and a few returns. So. yep. Well, uh in that case, Tanner, um, don't forget to follow Kicking Out Podcast on all social media platforms at Kicking Out Pod. Listen to us everywhere you listen to your podcast. And if that happens to be Apple Podcast, be sure to give us a like and a review. It helps us move up the rankings. And uh, we want to be number one. Well, okay, we want to be in the top 10. <laughs> we just want to climb up the rankings. We want to be in the rankings somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we just want to be in the picture somewhere. Uh, uh, but anyway um, For Tanner Lee Go follow him on all social media platforms At Tanner Lee 92 Follow myself at Paul Zartman 921 Don't forget I am your KOP predictions champion And it will remain that way Through the majority of 2022 Well you're turning to me A non-fighting champion So Hey hey, I was a little busy Otherwise I was going to put it on the line For uh, Battle of the Belts but- Fair enough I, I was getting beat up at that point in time, so you know. <laughs> now, for everybody out there who doesn't know, like, oh, Paul's getting beat up. Paul is a uh, I am interesting biz himself. So. Yes, I am uh, a manager by the name of Rip Ryerson Jr. for a company called Functified Wrestling Federation, based out of Warsaw, Indiana. We were in Columbia City in Whitley County for the first time last Saturday, and we'll be back in Warsaw this Saturday. So. Uh, yeah, check out Functified Wrestling Federation or look up Rip Ryerson Jr. on Facebook or Twitter. There you go. And uh, for that, that's going to do it for this episode of the Kicking Out Podcast for Tanner Lee. I'm Paul Sartman. Join us again next week as we kick out yet another podcast. <laughs>